Buongiorno bella gente and welcome to this little recap about Italian history. Today we are going to talk about the years of lead. What do we mean about this definition? We refer to a period of time, an historical period in Italy that starts more or less from the second part of the 60s till the first part of the 80s and even in the 90s we have had some events related to this in which we had a really hot period of turmoils in our cities, in the streets and both far left and far right organization arrived to use violence. In, in 1968, as in all other parts of the world, we had uh, youth riots, youth movement, movement uh, students movement, asking for more civil rights. And together with them, we had uh, what we call the hot autumn strikes by workers factory workers and the period was very very hard because there were armed groups both from left that from right part and uh, usually we connect this period with the strategy of tension and with the cold war because as you know Italy has a very peculiar geographical place in the Mediterranean and After the Second World War in Italy, we had a first period of growth, political growth, social growth, economic growth. But at the end of the 60s, new rights and new uh, issues were important. And all the country tended to a left-wing position. So in a period in which the fight against the communist part and the western part was very tense, there were some political but armed groups that wanted to scare the Italian population, to destabilize and dismantle a social balance, but even a political balance that Italy had reached. But Let's start from the beginning. And the beginning, as I said before, is at the end of the 60s, in which, after the 68, uh, where we had a lot of students, protests and riots, in the 69, also uh, factory workers joined to this protest and a lot of violence occurred into the streets. But the first event that we have to referred to is the Piazza Fontana carnage massacre that occurred in 1969, exactly in December, and where 17 people died and 88 people were wounded. And that happened in Milan, near the Banca Nazionale dell'Agricoltura. But at the same time, in less than an hour, we had uh, five terrorist attacks, even in Rome, near court houses. But unfortunately, this is not the only cruel massacre we had during that period. We surely have to mention 
Piazza della Loggia Massacre, with more than 100 people wounded and eight people dead. Or in the 74, the Italicus Massacre, even here, 12 people died and more than 100 people were wounded. But the most cruel and bloody one was the Bologna train station attack in 1980, precisely on the 2nd of August, where 85 people died and 200 people were wounded. So, what happened after Piazza Fontana Massacre? Historians believe that those carnages that came from the far right wing extremely far were the causes, at least one of the causes, that made possible the beginning of the far left wing terrorism. And the most famous, tragically famous group were the Brigate Rosse, but we will talk about them in the second part of this podcast. Now I would just give you a glimpse of what was happening during that 15 years. We must say that that was a sticky situation and that still now it can be related to Italian society, Italian politics, because it is, yes, an historical fact. Those were historical facts, but we need that more time passes to be detached from that episodes. So uh, we still talk about that situation. We still have maybe different opinions and ideas. So the debate in Italy is still going on because not so many people have been condemned or justice has been really long because of the confusion about the facts. And so even when the court houses, the judges found a sort of truth. Maybe the people who were guilty and responsible were dead because of the old age. So no one went to prison and this is very sad. Anyway, this kind of terrorism made by extreme right groups is nowadays um, stated that were supported by some intrigue in which there were the Italian secret services and not only deviant parts of Italian state with international bonds. It was the worst part of the Cold War. And we have to say that every massacre that we had during that years can be told with hours and hours of detailed study. So if you want to deepen them, you can find on the net really a lot of material, books and documentaries, testimonies. So if you write Anni di Piombo or Propaganda 2, P2, that was the P2 affair, Propaganda 2, it means, was a group of people called Massoni. It was a masonry that wanted to subvert the Italian democracy, the Italian state, and then wanted to lead the politic. Namely, 
when they were identified, a lot of politicians were enrolled in this subversive group. Moreover, in the 70s, we had a very, as I said, uh, um, difficult international situation. And in Italy in particular, the Statuto dei Lavoratori, that was a law that wanted to protect and to give more rights to the working class. And that was not good for the far right groups because they didn't want Italy to be closer to the communism in general or to the um, left ideas. But society were going towards that way of thinking. In fact, during the 70s, despite terroristic attacks and massacres, the Italian society reached some important laws such as the divorce, such as the right of abortion for women and a substantial change in the Italian school, etc., So coming back to the massacres, the last one and the bloodiest, the bloodiest I think we had in Italy was the attack in Bologna. And if you, for chance, come in Italy and you are in Bologna, you will notice in the train station a clock that is broken and that stopped on the 10 and 25, that was the exact moment of the attack and uh, it has never been removed to testify to remember that sad moment and so when you are there and you look at this clock you really have goosebumps because for us italian is uh, something that seems like it it was happened yesterday even if 40 more than 40 years have passed namely in 2020, so 40 years after the Procura Generale of Bologna, the courthouse of Bologna, has concluded that the executors of the uh, attack were connected with Licio Gelli and other people that were the leaders of the P2 affair. But, as I said before, Licio Gelli was already dead. Anyway... I would like to finish telling you that this is called the strategy of tension and that this definition was in an article written by an English journalist of The Observer that in that very period uh, gave this definition a sort of political theory because it was very clear that Italy was a theater, a political theater for tensions that were not only Italians but international. And not only after this period the terrorists themselves, but even historians, believed that this strategy of tension, of using violence to terrify, to scare the population, decided the events that occurred in Italy in the next 15-20 years and Franceschini himself, in an interview, and Franceschini was one of the most important terrorists of Brigate Rosse, he himself said that they believed that Italian resistance against 
the Nazi fascism had been betrayed by the state and by the society, and so they believed they were the inheritors of Italian partisans of the World War II. But about this, I will tell you in the next podcast. You can find on this topic a lot of books, as I said before, but I would like to suggest a book written by Indro Montanelli and Mario Cervi. And if you don't know Indro Montanelli, who has been one of the most important Italian journalists, a very peculiar person, maybe one time we could talk about him. But anyway, he wrote a book about this uh, period that is called L'Italia degli anni di Piombo. And I think it's very, it is very interesting, but you can find many other books. And a curiosity, there is about this topic, a book written by Giulio Andreotti, our former prime minister and a very important politician that has ruled Italy from the very beginning of our democracy. Uh, I mean, after the World War II till he has disappeared, he has passed away. And he, is, he was a very controversial figure. And even about him, you can find a lot of books, a lot of debates. And maybe I could suggest uh, uh, a movie by Paolo Sorrentino that is named Il Divo. And that um, curiosity, it was one of the few things that made Andreotti get angry. He always accepted satire or even insults or critics. He never got angry. He had the sense of humor, but I don't know why when Sorrentino shot this movie, he got really angry. He didn't uh, appreciate, but we will talk another, another time about Andreotti. But he himself wrote a book about that years that is called I Diari degli Anni di Piombo. And that, for better or for worse, he had lived and ruled. So I don't know. I don't know what what is the real perspective. Maybe nobody knows it. But it is very interesting because it is a great part. Unfortunately, a really sad part of our history, of Italian history. And that maybe if you if you study Italian culture, you should know about. So we have finished with the first part and see you when we'll start with the second part about Brigate Rosse and Aldo Moro's kidnapping.